Welcome to Prostate Cancer and You, a podcast produced by the Massachusetts Prostate Cancer Coalition. The mission is to educate, connect, and support men at risk, newly diagnosed individuals, survivors, and their families. It also connects organizations and professionals in Massachusetts seeking to conquer and cure prostate cancer. The Massachusetts Prostate Cancer Symposium is now online May 15th. No exposure to anything except to the latest information on diagnosis, treatment, and research for prostate cancer. My guest today is Dr. Jay Eswara, urologic surgeon in Boston, and our topic today centers around what he'll be covering at the upcoming 2020 Virtual Symposium, signs, symptoms, and treatment of erectile dysfunction and male stress urinary incontinence. Are there generalizations we can make about what happens to most men when they are under the knife? And if so, what would those be? When men undergo surgery for prostate cancer, uh, there are some things that they need to be aware of. The nerves that control erectile function run right next to the prostate. It can be very difficult to identify where those nerves are. And so there's always the risk of some damage to those nerves during the surgery. At the very least, those nerves can get stunned. So even if they're not completely damaged, sometimes they can be a little bit uh, you know, temporarily paralyzed. And so it can take a little while for those nerves to regain function. Basically, everybody who has surgery for prostate cancer has some degree of erectile dysfunction immediately after surgery. But as time goes on, it, it does get better. The perception is, oh, my God, I'm going to lose everything that I had before. Yeah. So that's certainly the fear. And for some men, that may be the case that, you know, it, it's they're never going to regain erections the way that they used to. However, even in the worst case scenario, even for men who are unable to regain any erectile function, there are still things that we can do to help bring erections back. Even if the nerves are damaged, even if blood flow is poor, um, there are still things that we can do to, to help. Let's talk about some of those things in, again, general terms. Is surgery an option in that case? Surgery is an option. It's usually not what we opt for initially. Usually what we start with are, are pills. Um, and so just like for men who have erectile dysfunction in the absence of prostate cancer treatment, so men who are having you know, maybe partial erections or, or otherwise, otherwise having difficulty with erections. We'll, we'll start with pills. The same is true after prostatectomy too. So we usually use pills like Tadalafil, Sildenafil, Vardenafil. These are pills that are uh, very helpful. Those are drugs that people probably more commonly know as uh, Viagra, Levitra, and Cialis. These are the pills that have the ads on TV with the, you know, the couple and the, the bathtubs holding hands and stuff like that. So you know, people are probably familiar with them. Now, what about alternatives, other exercises, things that men can do? I'm never opposed to people engaging in physical therapy or different exercises to try to improve blood flow to that area. It's a mixed bag in terms of how effective it can be. However, it's not going to hurt. So a lot of my men, I refer to a physical therapist anyway to um, help with pelvic floor or other pelvic floor issues. And so uh, just by doing that, you know, you can certainly improve the blood flow to that area. How much that helps, uh, it, can, it can vary, but it's usually, it's usually not quite as helpful as some of the other options like pills or some of the other things that we have to offer. Men who have issues with ED, it doesn't necessarily mean lack of orgasm. Am I right? That's right. It's, uh, you bring up a great point. These things are are often conflated, but they're, they're actually totally separate. Physiologically, they're separate, and emotionally, they're separate. So uh, orgasm and climax, this is not you know, the same thing as uh, being able to achieve an erection. So it, it's not absolutely critical to be able to achieve an erection uh, in order to achieve an orgasm. So, so you're absolutely right. 
we're all uh, nervous to begin with what's going on, but so much of this is mindset, isn't it? Yeah. So obviously it's very distressing for, for men. And there's no doubt that this is a huge change in terms of quality of life. A lot of what I do is, is sort of allaying their fears and just letting people know that this is expected and that there are things that can be done to help. It takes some time for men to kind of wrap their minds around that. But once they do, you know, it can certainly help a lot and it makes the process a lot easier. I want to move on now to another issue that you'll be talking about, and that is male stress urinary incontinence. Yeah, so this is leaking after surgery, urinary leaking after surgery. And this is very common. And I'd say, if anything, this is probably what bothers men even more than erections. You know, usually when men come in to see me, prior to their surgery, what they're concerned about most is the loss of erections. But when they see me afterwards, what they are more concerned about is the urinary incontinence. The reason is because it can be socially debilitating, depending on the, on the degree. Similar to erectile function, you know, after surgery, the urine leaking is at its worst. But it gets better gradually as time goes on. So the way that men are able to achieve continence is because they have a, a thicker, kind of bulky urethral sphincter muscle. This is a, a muscle that wraps around the urethra and helps to keep urine in. And there are other things that men have that allow them to stay continent. Once, uh, sorry, another is the, uh, the presence of their prostate. So when the prostate is gone, they rely even more heavily on their urethral sphincter muscle for continence. And even if the urethral sphincter muscle is not damaged during the surgery, it can, it can be sort of stunned. So that can lead to further incontinence uh, after, the, after the surgery. So what I usually recommend for men is to help develop that muscle, uh, even starting prior to surgery. You know, this muscle is a muscle just like any other, and it can be developed too. So what I usually recommend is that people see a physical therapist prior to having their prostate cancer treatment. And what the physical therapist will help do is to get men to develop that muscle to bulk it up, make it stronger, so that they have better outcomes after surgery. And there, there are clear data regarding this, that if you start doing these exercises, starting even five weeks before surgery uh, or radiation, that this can help significantly with urinary leakage afterwards. And if you continue to do those exercises afterwards, it gives you an additional benefit as well. Short of that, if the exercises are not effective, any other suggestions for men dealing with this? Yeah, absolutely. We usually let men heal up a little bit because as, uh, as time goes on, generally the incontinence improves just on its own. Um, the nerves start to, start to recover and the muscle starts to recover. So a lot of guys will get uh, some improvement in their urinary leakage just on their own. But if it's still not better uh, after six to 12 months, then what we'll do is usually put an artificial urinary sphincter or a sling in. So another procedure to, uh, to try to help tighten up that urethral sphincter. I think the key things are just that um, there is hope. So for guys who are dealing with this, just know that there is hope and that this can be fixed. There are things that we can do to make this better. Thank you to Dr. Jay Eswara. We invite you to stay tuned to future podcasts featuring valuable information and resources, the latest in research and treatment, and stories of real people who have challenged prostate cancer and won. Please visit masspcc.org. That's masspcc.org. You can subscribe and download these podcasts at Apple Podcasts, Google, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Also available for Android. This is Jordan Rich. Thank you for listening.